Welcome to Cross of Gold, the podcast where two brothers, one a Christian in the political wilderness and the other a socialist in the spiritual wilderness, work to rediscover faith in each other, our communities, and the American experiment. We have begged and they have walked when our calamity came. We beg no longer, we defy them. You shall not press down upon the brow of labor this crown of thorns. Hello, everybody. Cyrus here, as per usual, with my co-host, Chase. Chase, how are you doing today? How's Cato doing? Looks like he's, uh, you know, pretty hungry. Polishing off bottle number one. That's right. I am. I'm grateful. Also, humbly excited about our topic today, especially uh, in just aftermath of Israel-Palestine, Brian Carroll, and some of the ones we have coming up that are much deeper. I'm ready to rock and roll on our topic today. Now you say that, that, that it's a little less serious, but judging by the, you know, sort of relentless requests I've gotten from you, the, uh, the passion I hear in your voice when we talked about it, I don't know that you're taking this that much less seriously than any other uh, any of our other subjects. No, actually, yeah, you're probably right. Um, and there is a large separation between number one and you know the rest of those. But if number one, I am a evangelist for Jesus and a disciple of Him, somewhere in the top five, maybe top three, I <laughs> am an evangelical, as in I spread the good news. About Waffle House. About Waffle House. It's a place of, <laughs> of, of Southern goodness. I am. He's taken it on himself to be a, a carpet bagging ambassador for, for uh, Waffle House. That's right. And a bit of a prophet to those in the West and the North that do not know about its, uh, its goodness. In fact, okay, I'm already getting started. <laughs> <laughs> We're jumping um, right in here, listeners. Yeah. You know um, what? We had some, uh, <laughs> I've had some friends recently come. It's the summertime. Visit. Check out Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth area. And we host. And whenever people do host, we take them by our, you know, favorite Southern establishments. Um, and, and one eatery on that list is definitely Waffle House. Um, and shucks, uh, we've even had somebody that was taking them to a place. Uh, one of my best friends moved to the South, was having a relative visit who had never visited Waffle House um, and had that magical experience. And he asked me for this uh, for this rant. And she's a listener. They both are and said, wow, you have to turn this into an episode. I'm sure your brother disagrees. And sure enough, you disagree a little bit. I love Waffle House. And not just because watching someone fry an egg while they're smoking reminds me of my dad. Well, I thought so much that I disagreed. As, as you know, I, you know I'm, I'm uh, very hesitant to give just a... Uh, um, unfiltered positive exposure to some some random company. They're uh, not some random company, and you know that. But and, and they're not, and that's why you know I I I do have an abiding affection for Waffle House. Oh, there we go. Our listeners may not know that Chase and I both had our first um, military assignment at Fort Benning, Georgia, um, which was my first experience really living in the quote unquote deep south. Uh, and that area of the country doesn't offer much in the way of, of sensual pleasures. Uh, <laughs> or if they do, they're certainly, yeah, uh, uh, sultry. Continue. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, outside of Fort Benning, you can certainly 
you can certainly find ways to entertain yourself, but uh, whether or not you'll end up with some sort of disease or yeah, on the seven deadly sins list, continue. Yes, exactly. So all that to say that I had many a late night with Waffle House. Uh, you know, we'd met before, I think, in my college days, but we didn't really start, you know, heavily flirting and, you know, really start to see each other more seriously until I, I moved to, to Georgia. Uh, and I still, to this day, you know, evangelize, maybe not Waffle House, but grits in general. I have no idea why that hasn't made its way to the rest of the country. Uh, yeah, that's something that I was truly introduced to in the army grits and grits. Didn't really get grits and it's like where it should fit on in the in the meal palette until i was you know at a waffle house so yeah like you know i used to work at a southern restaurant uh and i would try to sell grits to people because they were one of my favorite side dishes and most people in idaho had literally never eaten them or heard of them or, or anything so yeah. they'd be like well what is that and to try and describe it is very difficult you're like it's sort of like a savory oatmeal. <laughs> it's basically corn sludge. Uh, <laughs> that was my dinner. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm a big fan. If you haven't tried them, I, I recommend okay. it. And, and, and take, a step, take a step back before we dive in here. Um, to those who do or don't know about Waffle House, if you do know about it, I ask you to set aside your preconceived notions because those are likely biased and potentially false um <laughs> and 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 dare to reimagine the place that at waffle house as i see it um and then if you haven't um, heard about waffle house well they have about 1900 restaurants across the southern states i think they go as far west as arizona and i'm almost positive they don't go north of the mason dixon line and, i think maryland is about as far north yeah, as i've ever seen um they've got forty thousand workers in fact when the minimum wage bill was pulled out i think the coronavirus uh you know stimulus package waffle house vice president and chief of staff offered the senate uh like a, a bipartisan consideration for how to increase minimum wages that was like in between the 15 and, and ten dollar uh, targets like basically linked to inflation. What I'm saying is they're a, kind of a big effing deal in the South. And if you've never been or never heard about it, you are about to. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of influence. I mean, they're, they're as big of a deal in the South, uh, especially that FEMA actually has this, their own waffle house index, which is to say like when natural disasters hit areas, they have like a waffle house code green, which means that all Waffle Houses are open and like everything's like more or less fine. A code yellow, meaning that like the menu's limited, but they, they're flexible and they just work with what they got. And they've got lines the wrapping around the restaurant likely. Yeah, and yeah, and that's like their busiest days, um, you know, like when a hurricane's in route. Uh, um, and then they have the red, uh, red code, which is like the Waffle House is closed. And Waffle House, you know, prides themselves on never being closed 24-7. So, uh, yeah, and so uh, to set the scene there and to jump in, certainly Waffle House's resilience is one quality we admire. I think, um, but most appreciatively, um, to start my love note to Waffle House, it's its culture of equality and inclusivity. Cyrus, it's like a good church or the Texas State Fair. Um, <laughs> and to give you an example, like the Texas State Fair, so you're I, saying a good church is like the Texas State well, Fair. Well, listen, listen, okay. <laughs> there I am. And this is kind of, yeah, uh, I, at the Texas State Fair, I was, um, I was watching 
piglets race. Um, I had a, you know, some deep fried Oreos in one hand and a extra sweet tea in the other hand. And everyone sitting on the concrete bleachers next to me was equal. It didn't matter who you were, how much money you had, what kind of night you had the night before. When you're watching a pig race in the hot Texas sun, you're equal with everyone in that audience. And it's a lot like the same thing at a Waffle House. You can't walk in and judge people next to you uh, or, you know, being at a Walmart at 2 a.m. It's like, stop looking down your nose. You're also in Walmart at 2 a.m. Like, or, you know, at 10 o'clock, whatever it is. So it's like, it's, it's a place of, um, it's a place of a bit of like serene, uh, serene equality. Um, yeah. A sleeve of deep fried Oreos doesn't know if it's in a rich person's intestine or a poor person's <laughs> intestine. <laughs> Perfect. Um, you know, from the roots, the founders were neighbors. I, be- I believe they're veterans. Um, and you know what it says very clearly, like all people are served um on the window and and, you know of course no fighting but like for that that to be a proud southern piece of all people being served with no discrimination like you gotta love that they if if you're ready for waffles they'll serve them to you yeah Um, they only care if you believe in one thing which is do you want a waffle (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and you know here's the thing with the south and this is probably my first caveat to it all is like a lot of people self-select themselves out because if you went to college, particularly in the South, I feel like that's mm. the most common criticism. Oh, that's where I went when I was drunk because, you know, they're always open and it's where you went when you were drunk and or, you know, you're coming down off the evening. And that's what the sort of the gritty bias you have to leave behind. Like you had um, unfortunate youthful experiences there that you need to like leave in the past and reappreciate as adults and, and for your future children. I sort of see what you're saying by that. Cause like, I, I, like you said, I have a lot of memories there, but they're not from like times or nights. I'm like the most proud of their slogan should be it's 2 AM still time to make one more bad decision. And it's not that I have hold that against waffle house in particular. It's just that it seems like it's part of a more juvenile period yeah, of my life. Yeah, right. So people yeah. like kind of like, yeah, um, shed some of their the parts of life that uh, the parts of themselves they don't like, and put that bad you know juju on waffle house, and that's not throwing exactly. the baby out with the bathwater. Right now, and the last like sub point to this culture of inclusivity and equality and just general goodness is something that I think you've experienced with us, Cyrus. Right. So like Samantha and I um, try to. Uh, pray for our food before we have it, right? Just for the blessings and everything else. And dude, you totally validate this or not? Because I'm not sure if you've, how many times you've been with us when we've done this. Um, But before we pray for the food, and we um, very frequently ask our waiter or waitress, like if they have any prayer requests and like what's going on in their life. Listener, I can confirm that this does happen and on a pretty regular basis and not always at the most necessarily like appropriate or convenient times but yeah like we could be at a fine dining restaurant and like you know yeah like gerald's getting his you know hey man like what's going on in your life do you need can we pray for anything before we pray for the food yeah there's at least i'm sure a couple servers that we've interacted with or nurses or or whatever that are just like oh yeah remember that guy uh (laughs) yeah that's 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 yeah that's me and samantha's thing and so um and because we've asked this question at least 20 times at a Waffle House. Um, only once have I actually had someone say, no, thank you. And it's no, thank you is a perfectly f- fine answer. 
But man, I, I really believe everyone has things to, that they could be praying for, for themselves, for a loved one, for whatever else. If God's our father and he wants to give us good things and, and help us out, then my goodness, right? And so out of like, so 19 out of 20 times, I've heard answers like, yeah, I'm working on a Sunday and my kid's at his dad's house and I just don't feel good about it. Or, oh, my grandma's got cancer and I'm just super worried. Or, you know, my boyfriend's coming on shift later and we're just, you know, trying to figure out this. And it's just like, and they're real genuine uh, salts of the earth prayers, man. And the fact that I've had people grab my hand after asking and want to pray with us. And so that's a quality that you just can't measure. And like, you just, you love the people serving you. Well, you know, it's curious you say that because I was looking up, you know, sort of uh, employee testimonies about Waffle House because I wanted to, you know, get a better idea of how the people who are there all the time. You can't tell me you're going to bring negativity to my employee prayer request. (laughs) No, 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 no. I won't get there yet. There's plenty of time for that. Um, But what I will say is that the vast majority of the employee reviews I read of the company um, said that the best part of working at Waffle House is the people, uh, which oh, wow. I feel like people who maybe like those ty- those types of people you're talking about that used to go to Waffle House in their college days but don't anymore would find that surprising because I think Waffle House is looked down upon and that its clientele can be looked down upon. You know, it is in the areas of the country with that if where the highest incidence of obesity, for instance, is. Uh, with the highest mm. density rate of Waffle Houses. Not saying they're caused by that. I'm just saying there might be a little bit of a correlation there. Uh, you know, if we'll you get, get to food the value next, you get those hash browns all the way enough times, it's going to do some damage to Don't your, you, uh, your God. Diet. Talk negatively about the Waffle <laughs> They are delicious. Well, and- what I'll say is, though, it's it was curious to me, you know, because you think, and I think, you know, sort of the, uh, you know, white upper middle class milieu uh that we you know are, are more accustomed to because of where we went to school and then wherever else but like the people who work there say that the best part of working there is interacting with those everyday people you know yeah. maybe those overweight families coming from church and those you know maybe people who are a little strung out at three in the morning, you know, they, they love to talk about it. The Waffle House employees I've talked to in person love to tell stories about the place. And so I think that is something to keep in mind that the people who work there, rather than being, you know, turned off by the clientele, yeah. the, the quality of the clientele, that that's what they actually look forward to and what they, what they value about work. I see. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so like, if you're bent out of shape about people, at the office playing politics, like, you know what, just go to freaking Waffle House and be, you know, grateful that someone's treating you with love and respect and, and, and kindness, you know what I'm saying? And speed. And I'll get to that point next. So uh, the, the, the second real big rock in this bucket of why Waffle House is great is it's food to value and speed. If you've never been there, you need to understand the all-star spectrum. And this is just one example. <laughs> For $7 and 50 cents, that's 7.5 USD. You can get two eggs cooked however you want to perfection, hash browns, ham, bacon, or sausage. And the ham is as big as a small dinner plate. Um, and there's, and the, by the way, they sell an, enough bacon to wrap around the world annually. Um, or sausage patties to, that are taller than the world's largest building a day. But you can get ham, bacon, or sausage. You can get two pieces of toast and a waffle. Cyrus, I didn't know this until I had maybe been there a dozen times. If you want to upgrade from you know, wheat or sourdough to raisin toast. Um, did you know that it's free to upgrade to raisin toast? 
I did not know it's free to upgrade. Do you know where else you can upgrade the raisin toast for free? I I feel like this is a trick question, but I'm gonna heaven, say no. Cyrus, heaven, <laughs> you can upgrade the resin toast for free in heaven. And I am sure for that. So all I'm t- oh, and then you can add so, okay, so uh and a bit of a, a place about the, the the hash browns that make them so great. Um, we have very close family members, maybe some who have been on the show. Um, who, yeah, this is not a promotional episode, just if anyone's wondering, uh, but that, that, that serve the hash browns and they come from a, you know what, basic American company and uh, with with good basic American people. And, uh, you know, what, they're all sourced from American potatoes. And so we love uh, the hash browns there in particular, and they're not even freeze dried. So they're more economic because they're dehydrated. So they're yeah. even environmentally friendly. Dude, your plate is environmentally friendly, at least on the hash brown side. <laughs> at, well, you know, that's a great transition because we'll say at least on the hash brown side. Although I do have to say, you know, as a vegetarian, I find a little a few of these statistics alarming. You know that Waffle House sells more T-bone steaks than any other organization in, in this country at the very least. Oh, goodness. They're, if they sell, They have the highest volume of T-bone steaks. They sell 2% of this country's eggs. Um, wow. Which is billions of eggs uh and so you know i mean just from a pretty serious from a vegetarian perspective you're like wow that's pretty intense um but also you know i think it it does (laughs) it does speak a little bit to uh the ethos of i think both waffle house of the american south in a sense and of america writ large which is, I think, I, I think if you were to ask, uh, if you were to take any European to a Waffle House, they would be like, this is what I think of America. This makes sense to me. This is adding up. And it might be a mixture of the best and worst things about America. But yeah, you know what? It might be a mixture of the best and worst things about America. But yeah, you know what? Like, um, I, I've always liked our larger serving sizes and, and, and other things. But you know what? I, I won't... Um, I just for seven dollars and fifty cents, that's amazing food to value. I don't know if it's quite as good of McDonald's, but I highly recommend anyone who goes there. You get your two eggs over easy or over medium, so the yolk is runny. Get a double hash brown order. You can do that for fifty cents, or do your hash browns all the way. They have their own hash brown language, different story. Um, you get some ham because that's huge amount of meat. Two pieces of toast, raisin, of course. Get a waffle and get blueberries and, and uh, peanut butter on it. So you're right. The value is incredible. But you, add, I think that's one thing that most people don't, don't think about is that that value comes from somewhere. You know, they don't, that doesn't just happen by accident that you're able to get that. It's that probably excellence so and God's blessing is where they get a lot of that. Uh, and I think there's one, it probably speaks to the quality of some of the ingredients they use um which you know to, to get prices that low has to be pretty cut rate shall we say well, you're making assumptions so yeah i see what you're saying they're definitely looking to deliver on the bottom line because it's a volume understand it's it's a volume play i get that it's a volume play and and it's you know obviously hey we need those restaurants it's good that people have places they can go to get you know fairly quality food for a reasonable price i think that's that's a good thing um, but well, I, I hate when that comes, you know, as uh, obviously at the expense of, of workers, um, at the expense of workers point. So this is probably my last like piece here. We have it on very good authority. 
uh, folks who have um, understood and talked with uh, Waffle House leadership that um, with the recent utilization of the Trump tax cuts, they uh, drastically increased the short order chef um, hourly wages because that's who they thought um, were worked the hardest, who deserved it the most, and that they were the the front people of their business. And I, you know, I know I just want to make those sounds too when I hear about executive teams paying short order chefs more because they love their employees so much. So well, that's, that's great. But the interesting thing about that is, is uh, for one, since the pandemic has hit, they've cut those wages. And I will say, I'll give them credit because in contrast to a lot of other companies, you know, uh, uh, a lot of other companies use the, uh, the extra earnings they got from the Trump tax cuts uh, to do stock buybacks or distribute dividends to shareholders. Um, and I, you know, do respect the company took that opportunity to uh, increase the employees or the wages of their employees. Now that said, the wages are still extremely low. But the thing is, is you know, Waffle House prides themselves on being a family. Like that's definitely in their marketing. It's in their messaging. It's it's as you've talked about inclusivity. Everyone's welcome here. Blah blah blah. But I just hate when that comes at the expense of workers. You know, they they, they those wages that they increased. Well, they cut employee wages during the pandemic. They stopped paying maternity leave during the pandemic. They uh, weren't paying uh, for sick leave for employees who contracted the coronavirus, who were these supposedly essential frontline workers. Uh, there's there's this article that I think is you know sort of necessary context for this conversation. Uh, it's Waffle House claims to be about people. Its own people say otherwise by Jenny Zhang, and I'm just going to read a little portion from that. Um, as I as I you know gave credit mm-hmm. to them for their employee testimonies previously, I think it's equally important to get employee testimonies in from re- mo- most recent days. Uh, be kind, my stomach's dropping. Okay, all right. You know, it, it's it's well. What I'll say is it's not too different from most other companies, especially during this thing, and it's sort of what we've come to expect. But I think I, as someone who has an affection and nostalgia for Waffle House, and I think you, as someone who evangelizes for them, even more so is the responsibility on us to hold them to account and hold them to a higher standard so that we can continue to be proud fans of Waffle House. So, you know what Thomas Jefferson said, I believe that the uh, Tree of Liberty is, uh, you know, occasionally watered by the blood of tyrants and patriots. So that's right. (laughs) And onward. That's right. So this is this is Jenny Zhang from her article in Eater on Eater.com. Uh, the idea of family is key to Waffle House's image, both internally and externally. The company is still owned by the family of co-founder, co-founder Joe Rogers Sr. The first song released by Waffle Records, the company's music label, is called Waffle House Family. There are constantly news stories about families spending holidays and taking Christmas photos at Waffle House. Wholesome tales of Americana and togetherness. Management refers to their workers as a family. As a Waffle House family, we're all in this together. Emer, an executive for Waffle House, wrote in the email notifying unit managers of grill operator pay cuts. This was written in May of 2020, so a few months after the pandemic began. That core concept of families rung hollow this past month and a half in particular, as they've been forced to shoulder the particularly painful, conflicting burdens of having to risk their health to earn a living, while not getting enough hours or pay to even do so. I've devoted a lot of my time and everything to this company, said Kayla, who's been working with Waffle House for six years. She has worked through Thanksgiving and Christmases, considered quote unquote blackout days with employees allegedly unable to call out of scheduled shifts without facing termination and natural disasters, which which are typically all hands on deck with employees describing facing a lot of pressure to help out their coworkers, risking her life in extreme weather and giving up time with her family over the holidays so she can feed other people's families at Waffle House. I'm very disappointed. I really feel like less of a person, she said. 
And I think that that is, you know, so that, like I said, that's consistent sort of across the entire American corporate landscape, but it is disappointing to see that um, and to see people who are willing to show up at a place that is actually kind of dangerous considering the amount of crimes and robberies and, and whatever else that, that occur there. Uh, and to do that devoted to the people who, who come in day in and day out and those short order chefs are working as hard or harder than any service industry position in probably the whole country. You've seen them back there just busting out food for the entirety of their shift. And those servers, you know, they're, they're dealing with rough customers sometimes. And they're also working, working their asses off for extremely low wages, you know, minimum wage or even lower, depending on what the state service minimum wage is. Uh, all so that we can get this experience that has inspired this conversation, you know, that we, we do have an affection for this. We do have great memories there. And that's not because of George Rogers senior. That's because of the short order cooks and wait, wait staff that has made that a possibility. That's the heart and soul of Waffle House. And so I insist that we protect that heart and soul. I think that that is the, you know, if we want to maintain this Waffle House experience, we need to make sure that we prioritize what's, what's truly important. And it's not the hash browns or anything else. It's the staff. It's the hash browns and the staff. <laughs> that's yeah the hash browns i mean hey i gotta give it up they're amazing i i love a good hash brown but all that to say uh we love waffle house i think um, and this is a and this is an ultimate love note and all as as many love notes it's not just uh drippy it's you know it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a love note with endearment and a tough love note so that's okay. right. That's right. Um, a <laughs> couple other uh, interesting factoids about Waffle House that we didn't get Ooh, into. Oh, here we go. Yeah, lay it on me. Um, We're doing some research. Those, yeah, yeah. Those who may not know, um, Kid Rock has been, if I'm not mistaken, arrested at a Waffle House. Um, I have heard he has had multiple altercations at a Waffle House. Yes. Yeah, and, I think and, once and, he went to actual prison for a couple yeah, there was, there was, jail, I think, a, MTV reported a $40,000 payout. So, um, yeah. Things go down at a Waffle House if... You're messing with Kid Rock, to be honest. <laughs> so if you've ever listened to a Kid Rock song, you've helped him settle a Waffle House dispute. Um, <laughs> I, you know, maybe just round it off, Cyrus. The last little point is that they've got a jukebox in every Waffle House. And so I encourage, you know, if you're a first timer, old, old, old timer, get in there and uh, play a couple songs on a jukebox. You know what? If you want to uh, complain about millennials or Gen Zers not learning, you know, old good oldies but goodies, um, you can certainly help them out at a Waffle House. And so I know that's a little bit of levity compared to what you just dropped on us, but um, if you're going to eat waffles, eat them to tunes that you like. Well, hey, yeah, if you've, if you've never been there and you're listening to this, I highly encourage you to at least experience Waffle House. So go check it out, tip your server well, put a, a song on the jukebox. Tip your server well, absolutely. Rock it in a fight. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Very good. Okay, Cyrus. Well, you know what? Um, before we say goodbye, what else has been going on? You, dude, you're about to move, right? Like you're driving tomorrow. Yes. So uh, for uh, those listeners who might be wondering why we've had a little bit of spotty scheduling with our uh, our episodes coming out and whatnot, it has been a uh, real fiasco over on my end, getting everything prepared for my cross-country move to New York. So I'm um, joining the land of the podcasters. Um <laughs> returning to the pasture and I am, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good trip, but I'm, I'm finally making it out there. 
All right. So are you going to be one of those? Like, I hear there are um, like uh, homeless, chic, uh, millennial hippies in Brooklyn. Is, is that sort of the land into which you, you sojourn? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's been a, a number of years since I've actually been to Brooklyn. If it's anything like it was the last time, then, then yes, I think homeless chic is, I like to say homeless chic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm really interested because you've always been a contrarian wherever you've gone. So like you're in Idaho and you know, you've been serving like really clean cut, like families and you've got like shoulder length hair, handlebar mustache. Um, for folks, that, you know, like that's that's really what he looks like a little bit from our uh, our logo there. Are you gonna like go the way of the man bun, or are you gonna like be countercultural there too? Yeah, maybe I'll get a crew cut um, and, <laughs> and go full clean shit. No, man, you need to go like yeah, like prep kid. You know, real like yeah. start wearing Sperry's again, tapered tucked haircut, in polo shirts, pop your collar on your polo, <laughs> right? And do it like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I maybe I will just to throw people off. Um, Walking in places. Yeah, no, I. That's a good question. I, I, I think I'm, I'm really getting into animal t-shirts these days. Um, you know, those kinds you like get at a gas station that have like a wolf, or like you know maybe at a gift shop have like a nice turtle or something yeah uh, kids like who were like playing way too much anime in middle school like war i i mean i don't know about that i you know uh our family had strong anti-anime sentiment and pokemon um, yeah like mom and dad weren't spending a dime on that that stuff for us uh, yeah I, if i remember correctly at least when i was growing up a couple of years after you came up i you oh, they would buy pokemon cards for you but like you would get made fun of for it um <laughs> i remember specifically like you and dad we were at like a gas station and they had pokemon cards at the front i asked for a pack and dad got them for me but like it was not worth the uh the harassment <laughs> the mockery i received <laughs> and, and that's why i never really got too into the uh you know the trading card games because it was it was not socially accepted well you know what and if you're into it now it's no judgment but i did like uh, did not put up with uh, at least within my close friend circle, this idea like, oh, dude, I, I don't like Pokemon or, you know, uh, these cards. I, I just trade them. Uh, you know, I, I just sell them. Um, <laughs> stop it. Like, yeah, at, at that point, at least have the at least have the courage to, to say you're a fan. Yeah, you know? right. And you know, um, you're following <laughs> your, your favorite character. Yeah, I'm still suspect of anime these days. You know, I've watched a couple shows, friends who try to get me into it, but oh, dude. I, I don't know. It's 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 culturally different from what I'm what I'm my normal diet is. I'll say that. Fair enough. Um, oh, on what about a, you, on everything a, going uh, good on your end? Yeah, dude. On a positive note, we have been taking Cato out. We got to get him acclimatized to the Texas heat. I don't want a, a Texas wildflower who wilts in the sun. Um, <laughs> so he is pretty pale. I'll we, say we, that. we took him to the uh, the public pool two days ago, and we took him to his first zoo trip yesterday. We hit the zoo, Cato. Listener Chase has always been lucky guy, but I'm frankly amazed at how lucky he's been with this baby. This this baby barely ever cries. It's it's amazing. Oh, I say that, and he's starting to show some some early signs of distress. But. Well, you know what? Yeah, it's probably time he's telling me to wrap up, and we got to get to church. Uh, Samantha's putting clothes on um, or shoes on. Um, yeah, but you know what? Um, he typically only cries when something's wrong, so that's a win. That's um, a God win. knew what we could handle. Um, yeah. Last question, Cyrus, it's your last day in Idaho. Have you said those uh, thank yous and you've given some letters to people that you wanted to? 
So I have many of the letters written, although they haven't quite gone out yet. I wanted to wait until I get to my New York address to make it a little bit more, you know, I don't know. Anyways, but uh, I have, yeah, you know, I, when I, when I had sort of my going away party, I, I really made an effort to spend at least, at least 15 minutes with each person, you know, that came to really, you know, get a chance to, to say, say my goodbyes. Um, but I do, I do have a couple more that are a little bit more meaningful. So not to say more meaningful, but, uh, that they had a, a greater impact on my life during this time. So, but it's time to buy Daho. And, uh, oh, that's cringe. Calix cut that. It's time to buy Daho. It's time to buy Daho. And I'm going to be, (laughs) yeah, now, now Kato's crying. All right. Well, with that said, Chase, I know you got to get to church, but um, thanks for uh, chatting with me about one of your uh, personal passions. Samantha's Um, wondering why I'm in my pajamas and she's ready for church. Time to go. I love you. That is curious question. All right. I'll talk to you soon, man. Love you too. Bye. But principles are eternal. And this has been a contest over a principle. In this contest, brother has been arrayed against brother, father against son. It is for these that we speak. We do not come as aggressors. Our war is not a war of conquest. We are fighting in defense of our homes, our families, and posterity. This has been Cross of Gold. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'd like to thank Sant Invictus for producing our intro and outro songs and uh, look forward to seeing you next time.